Stick with this flame, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, click and I bang. Y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we've got on another brilliant guest. This is Rob Wood. He is an entrepreneur as well as a family man. Welcome to the show, Rob. How you doing? Great, Zuby. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, I've done a super brief overview right there, Rob, but why don't you tell the audience who you are and what you're about? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a 41-year-old biological male. I want to make that very clear from the onset, but I'm a husband. I've been married for 19 years. I have three children. I have a 15-year-old son, an eight-year-old daughter, and a four-year-old son, but I'm also, like you said, an entrepreneur. I founded and operate a fintech company that I love and hold near and dear to my heart, and I also run and operate another fintech company that I don't own, and we founded and operate a nonprofit that's centered on orphan care globally, specifically in Southeast Asia, and then my fintech company, we're involved in quite a few organizations that are fighting human trafficking, sex trafficking, those types of things, and we're a foster care family. We're heavily involved in just serving the least of these. Uh, but we also like to have fun. I live on some property. We have chickens. We have animals. We love to hunt. We love to fish. We are in Arkansas. So that is a that, that is a non-negotiable where I'm from. But if you say I don't have any teeth and play the banjo, I'll get pretty frustrated with you because I'm in a different part of Arkansas. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I hear that, man. You've well, been to my part of Arkansas, actually. You've been here. You know it's a great what's place. That, is that Northwest? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's actually where my merchandise operates from. So yep. uh, I, I've spent plenty of time in Fayetteville at this point and uh, right. Bentonville as well. That's awesome. Awesome, Rob. Well, something I noticed that's really interesting off the bat is that I like that you you lead with family. Mm. Um, when you ask a lot of people who they are or what they do, you know, it goes straight into career achievements and all that kind of stuff. But yep. something I've noticed that's really prominent with you, um, both in the initial minutes of this conversation as well as your social media profile. I was about to say Twitter, but it's now X, right? right? But on your social media, you talk a lot about fatherhood. You talk about, mm. um, you talk about family life. You talk about having children. You talk about the importance of fathers and so on. So I'm curious to know, tell me, tell me a little bit more about your, about your story. You said you've been married for 19 years. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about your, your backstory and before even getting into marriage, Let's talk about Rob leading up to that point. Let's talk about the first 20 years. Tell me a little bit about your yeah. life story. Yeah, so my, my dad is a business guy, and my dad was a high-achieving man, and I always had great respect for him growing up. I, I, my mom and dad were married for 40 years. My mom passed away in 2015, uh, two days after my daughter was born. So my mom got to hold my daughter right before she passed away, which is an amazing story in and of itself. But uh, great home life, great family life. I have two older brothers, and I have two younger sisters. Uh, so there's five of us. And yeah, I've always had a desire for business. My dad traveled a lot. We lived overseas. I, we've been around all over the place because of his work in oil. So I lived in the Middle East. I've, I've lived in Southeast Asia. I grew up most of my time in Oklahoma, Southern Oklahoma. So that's where I kind of got my hunting roots and my Southern roots as uh, when we moved there when I was a younger man. But yeah, I, I went to college, uh, Oklahoma State University, got a business degree. I'm passionate about music. I actually went to school initially for music, uh, vocal music. I play guitar and, and piano, and my son's also a musician now, which we're collaborating, which is kind of cool, uh, years and years later. 
but graduated college and really didn't know what I wanted to do with my career. Uh, but family was always something that was really important to me. And so I, I had been dating my wife uh, through high school, uh, also into college. So she followed me to college and uh, I was one year older than her. So my freshman year in college and her senior year in high school was very difficult year, as you can imagine. Uh, she's enjoying her senior year. I'm enjoying my freshman year at a university, a large university. And so that was a really challenging year, but we made it through that. Ended up getting married right out of college uh, about a year after, after we graduated uh, in 2004. I graduated uh, from Oklahoma State in 2004. And then, yeah, start, that started the career path and the traveling with my family. And we didn't have kids until I was about 27. She was 26. Uh, but yeah, it was just your basic childhood. I had a great family, great mom, great dad, uh, great brothers, and I just wanted to do well in life. I had, a, I had a, always had a drive to to make an impact. And I, I think I got that from my dad. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's powerful. You know what's interesting is as you as you tell me that. I mean, it has a lot of parallels with my own life. Um, yep. Although I, I definitely did not marry my uh, high school sweetheart or any of them. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, in terms of, you know, growing up in lots of different places, coming from, you know, a solid family, my, my parents are coming up to 50 years of marriage, thank God. Um, I'm also one of five kids. I've got two, two brothers, two sisters. Um, mm. I think same, same as you, apart from I'm the, I'm the youngest one. Mm. Um, obviously, I grew up in the Middle East as well. And, you know, it, it's so interesting as you say that, because I get the same when I, when I talk to people about my, my family, or I talk about my background. And, in this day and age, sadly, it's rare. Mm. It's rare for people to come from a solid, stable to parent family where the you know parents parents got married and stayed married for many many decades until one of them passed away, as it's as it's supposed to be, um, and didn't sort of come from all of this brokenness and stuff. I get so many people telling me, you know, how lucky I am, how fortunate mm. I am, and I absolutely agree with them and amplify that. At the same time, I also think, man, just a couple decades ago in our countries, in the UK and the USA, hmm. you know, if you were to go back a century for all the problems that existed a century ago, that, that type of dynamic was very much the norm. It was hmm. like, yeah, like, of course, like, oh, you know, of course my parents are together. Of course, yeah. like, you know, all of this. And one of the greatest problems that is, that's now happening again, across both our nations, it's a problem throughout much of the world, especially the Western world. Hmm. But this is just the the continual breakdown of family. It seems over the past 70 years or so, I think particularly since the you know, 60, 70 years, it seems like it really started accelerating in the 60s is just massively rising divorce rates, more and more people either absolutely not getting married or not staying married or delaying marriage for, you know, many, many decades in some cases. And it's become the norm that a family is not, is not together, right? Mm. It's no longer the norm that they're, that they're together and sort of all raised under one roof in the sort of simple and clear way it's meant to be. It's now that that's the rarity and that makes you now lucky or fortunate or privileged. And right. the norm is to have some type of, you know, brokenness or dysfunction or multiple, multiple marriages or all these different partners and all these different people in the mix and so on. And so, I don't even know exactly what I'm asking here, but, it, you know, as you told me that, it just struck me how, how increasingly rare that is becoming and how much of a, how much of a problem that actually is and such an under-discussed problem. I mean, I would say that fatherlessness in particular 
is, if not the, certainly I'd say top three biggest problems yeah. in modern America and modern UK for, for the same. UK is not, UK is just kind of like slightly behind. It's not, uh, it's, <laughs> it's not doing great in the UK either. But what, yeah. what do you think is going on there? What are your, what are your general thoughts on this? Because I know this is something you, you speak on. Yeah, well, as a dad, I mean, it matters deeply to me. I have three children that I'm raising and wanting to propel out into the world to be successful human beings, to contribute to our society. So, but yeah, I think, I think the problem's been, like you said, it's been spoken about. It's been studied for decades. I mean, there was a real prominent book that came out in the 90s called Fatherless America. This was in the 1995, 1994. Um, I think it was uh, David Blankenhorn, I think, is who wrote that book. He was sounding the alarm, sounding the alarm. Okay, fatherlessness is happening. This is a problem. It's creating an, an, an insane amount of societal ill. Every societal ill can be tied to fatherless. Almost every societal ill can be tied to fatherlessness, especially, uh, you know, the stats in the United States are just outlandish. I mean, 63% of youth suicides are tied to fatherlessness, 85% of youth in prison, you know, 71% of high school dropouts, 85% of youth behavior disorders, 90% of youth runaways, 90% of youth homeless, 75% of youth patients in chemical abuse centers. All of this can be tied to fatherlessness. And usually what I get, I get pushback from people. They say, well, you know, correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation. Well, I'm like, yeah, in this case, it does. Uh, this case, it's been studied <laughs> for decades. Yeah. And it's literally touching every single category that we know is a crisis in our countries. And so, yeah, it, it's, it, it became very evident to me, particularly when I had a child, when I was 27 years old, my son was born. Well, that puts something inside of you. It doesn't take a genius. You don't have to have kids to see that this is a problem, but it sure does add another layer of concern when you have your own child. And so I always vowed in my heart and to my wife and to, to my God that I am going to be a good dad. I'm going I'm, I'm to raise my children. I'm going to be involved and engaged in my children's life because I knew this was a problem for a very long time. Even in college, I had a lot of friends that like you said, it, it started becoming rare, even in the early 2000s, that, that kids had parents that lived together. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what's happening? And of course, I was raised in a different environment. Both of my grandparents on my mom's side, my dad's side stayed married their entire lives. Yep. And then I came into my, my family and, and they stayed married until my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. And so, it, 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 yeah, I, I say, yeah, I, I've got the most privileged life on the planet because I had two loving parents. Both of my parents were very driven people. They're very smart people and they care deeply about their family. And if that's privilege, man, sign me up for that every day of the week. Uh, so, yeah, this this problem's been been brewing for decades and now it's becoming, you know, controversial to even talk about it. And I, I just find it just fascinating because as society breaks down, we, we see this being the primary culprit. Even in the 90s, like his subtitle to that uh, book was, you know, confronting our most urgent social problem. Even in the 90s, people understood, researchers understood that this was our most urgent social problem, fatherlessness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things that's it's kind of weird because we live in this age where you know, it's good that we have studies. It's good that we've got data, yeah. we've got statistics. You just put out a lot of stats there. But we, we live in this funny time where people want studies for things that are that are obvious, hmm. yeah. right? Like, like it, it's, it's obvious just from thinking for three seconds or just living in the real world that if, you know, two is more than one, first yeah. of all, right? So if you have a parent missing, for, for whatever reason, this, you know, pe people have... 
people die early, people get people get sick, people have accidents. There's there's all sorts of reasons why someone may only have a single parent, right? Some of them very, very valid, very, you know, tragic and so on. Um, but it's just it's it's just obvious to me. You know, it's not I don't think it's an accident that it takes a male and a female to to right. create a child. And then in terms of raising them in terms of the family dynamic, it's like, well, have two two is more than one. Mm. And also having whether you're a boy or a girl growing up, you get different things from your mother and your mother treats you differently to the things you get from your father and the way that your father treats you. Anyone who exists in the real world, again, even if we didn't have data and studies and all this stuff, it's like it's just kind of obvious, right? Especially a boy, as you go into your teenage years, you're looking for older male role models. Ideally, mm-hmm. that's your father, perhaps older siblings, uncles, and so on, other other men in the community yeah. who fill in that role. But if those people are absent, then that's where it, young young men are always going to find that somewhere. Yes. Right? They're going to find it somewhere. People are, oh, you know, why are these, why are all these young boys, well, why are they getting involved in gangs? Why are they in some parts of the world getting involved in terrorist organizations or all sorts of, you know, they're looking for some type of brotherhood. Absolutely. This could be this could be positive brotherhood. This could be criminalistic brotherhood, but, but people are going to seek and they're, they're going to find it somewhere. And, you know, and even just from knowing people, I mean, I know, I know plenty of people, I know tons and tons of people who, um, you know, grew up in, in all sorts of different types of situations. Yeah. I know lots of people with, you know, both parents, very solid, very similar to our backgrounds. Awesome. Um, I also know people who came from all sorts of other situations and without fail, Every single one of them knows and would be honest, I think, about, yeah, of course, it would have been easier. It would have been better if my dad had been around. Right. Right. Like right. they might think, OK, cool. Maybe this is they've made it a superpower in themselves and they've used it as their own drive and motivation in a positive way in many cases. But at the same time, they're like, yeah, I mean, it's it's an obvious thing. And I think that the reason people get really touchy about it and don't want to talk about it loops back to what we were talking about before, which is that it's, it's become so common now. Right. So people personalize it. People think it's an attack. If you say, hey, you know, kids need kids need fathers, kids need dads. Then if you say that to a crowd of a thousand people, Hmm. there's a good chance that at least 500 of them, either they're in a position where they were raised by a single parent or maybe they're a single mother or maybe they're even a single father or right. And and they feel like you're 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 targeting them or you're attacking them or you're saying something that you're not. And it's it, it can be very, fr- <laughs> yeah, it, it can be very frustrating because it's like, no, we're, we're talking, we're, we're just trying to have an honest conversation because if you can't talk about something, how can you diagnose it, let alone solve it? If it's just like, no, you shut up. Um, yeah. We can't even discuss this issue. And I, I think that's, I think that's a big problem that's going on here. It's like, there's this mm. giant elephant in the room. And then if you're like, Hey, this elephant here, you know, someone, someone always feels sort of triggered by it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that a lot, uh, in my community, having those conversations face to face that happens. It's not, it's rare when you're having face to face conversations, you you know, this, when you meet people in real life versus the conversations you engage with on the X platform. Uh, but you're right there, there's a triggering aspect to it. If I say, Hey, guess what? If if a child is raised in a with a mother and a father in their home, they're like four times more likely to move from the financial class that they're in up to the next one than than if they were in a single mother home. Just a basic reality that two parents generally bring bring out kids that tend to do better in life. And these again, these have been studied, you're right. We don't need the studies, it's common sense, but they're out there if if anybody's actually interested. And then of course the 
the rebuttal is, well, are you saying I'm a terrible single mother? Well, no, yeah. I, I didn't say that, actually. That's not at all what I said. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, these things matter. These things need to be discussed. And even if you don't have a husband in the home with that child, there, there are things that you can do as a community. There are, you know, whatever happened to the community elders that just care deeply about the next generation mm-hmm. to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to attach to these young men. Uh, as a as a community elder, as a, as a father, as a dad that's in the community, maybe a little bit older, that I can pour my wisdom into, pour my energy into, to really bring up that next generation. Nobody wants to talk about that type of succession planning as, from a community standpoint. We just want to backbite, you know, bite, bite back and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm working for, jo- I get it, man, I get it. And it's not, and the, and the child suffers. Like, it just is what it is. I'm thankful that you're working hard, but we we want to help. I want to help. This is why we're engaged in foster care. Uh, my family is, this is why we work with mentorship. We're in a college town. You, you've been to Fayetteville. I'm in Fayetteville. Uh, this is where I operate. There's 20 something, 28,000 students here. And a lot of them don't have dads. A lot of them, even a bunch of them have dads that just don't care. And they don't have dads that told them, Hey, let's rock and roll. Let's have a, let's, let's do a great job. They've never been encouraged by an mm. older man. And so, yeah, this stuff is, this stuff is, is powerful when, when, when used properly, when, when yeah. people in the community come around these people and encourage them, I don't, I don't come around single moms and shame them. Like that, that's not who I am. I, I come around yeah. to like, how can I serve you? How can yeah. I help uh, the next generation? I have kids. I get it. I, I get you're struggling. Can, do we need to help you financially? Do we need to help you with mentorship? What can we do? Yeah. I wish people asked those questions, but that's just me. Yeah, no, dude, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. You know, I, I wonder if this is, um, you know, I think so many problems that we have in modern society are actually offshoots and downstream of our success and comfort in many, yeah. in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. I think that when you have a society, I mean, again, look, look around the world. I mean, poorer countries, you have generally speaking, much lower divorce rates, much higher rates of intact families, both nuclear family and extended family and all that, because you need it, right? Like you, you, you really need it for, for survival. You need to have these cohesive bonds. There's not this question of like, oh, does family even matter? Does fatherhood even matter? Does like, right. I, I think that it's, it's like in the West where we've become victims of our own success in many ways on a, on a community level. And even yep. sometimes on an individual level. And I think when you couple that with the intense focus, especially in the USA, more than any other country on, you know, rugged individualism mm. and personal rights and personal liberty and personal freedom, all of which are things which, when balanced properly, are good, right? Yeah. I'm very, I'm very a pro-liberty person. Right. But if you have all of this liberty and all of this freedom, but no direction and no guidance and no principles and no sort of social fabric that you're operating within, then the truth is it's not good for people, right? It just, it just leads to chaos. If you just tell someone, Hey, you can do whatever you want. Like, as long as it's not hurting someone, you can go do whatever you want to do. Um, and it's all good and it's all equal. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's just, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's wild. You know, whether I'm in certain cities and I'm just seeing like all these drug addicts, you know, strewn out across the street and well, Hey, you know, they're just, they're just doing what they want to do. They're not hurting anyone. And I'm like, dude, this is not, this is not it. Like this, this is not what freedom mm. and liberty is supposed to do and lead to. It's not meant to mean that we all just go out there and, you know, 
just have random random sex with as many people as we want and oh let, let me go get that woman pregnant and that woman and that woman and that woman and, and oh hey you know nobody can judge me i'm just doing my thing you know i'm just following my biology only god can um, judge me only God can judge me. Yeah, you know, there's very little thought for the children in yep. any of these situations. Even when I hear some of these conversations, the thing that never comes up is the children, exactly. right? It's just me, 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 I, me, I, me. I'm hearing certain people talking. I'm like, are, are you not even thinking about what is the impact of your behavior on all of these children that you're bringing into the world and in often cases not even raising? And it's... right. I don't know. It's I, I find it sad because it's one of those things that, like you said, it has it has a genuine impact. If it were, you know, there's situations where, you know, I, I brought this up earlier, right? Some someone's, uh, uh, you know, horribly addicted to drugs and they're out there on the street and they're doing that. Like that really sucks. And I have massive compassion for that person. I want I'd like them to do a lot better at the same time, you know, providing they're not being violent. I'm like, OK, right. the the range of damage is is a little bit limited. It's not, it goes beyond that person, but it's a little bit limited. But if it's like, okay, you're doing that. And then you've also, you know, brought five children into the world as well. It's like, well, you know, that's not just impacting you. This isn't, this conversation is not just about you now. You've now got this wider splash damage. And then those children, if they're not raised well, they're going to go into the world. They're going to affect other people yeah. around them. They're going to make decisions. They're going to get involved in things. And this now has more splash damage, more collateral damage on all of these other people, unless there's some type of intervention that pulls people out of this negative feedback yeah. loop. And it, it, it's, it saddens me that these, um, you know, this conversation is happening on podcasts. It's happening yep. in person, but um, I, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I heard, uh, I don't know, some public official or someone who's uh a politician or I don't know, the, the, our so-called leaders who are like, look, we need to honestly talk about this situation. Yep. You know, they're happy to talk about guns. They're happy to talk about knives. Yeah. They're happy to talk about, um, uh, I don't know, like ev everything that's around it, but not the core of, okay, this is actually what's happening in society. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think the only politician I've, I've heard recently say that is the Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Yeah. He's been talking about fatherlessness uh, and yes. I've commented on a couple of his posts on the X platform because I, I, I'm like, yes, that please continue to beat this drum. But but you're I'll be right. With him in a couple of days, by the way. Hey, this be, he would probably love to talk about this, actually, because I, I know he's he's a dad. He's a young man. He, he's building a family and he's in the same boat that we're in. And so, but you're right. That splash effect is real. And, and I, and I've had people say, <clears throat> you know, Hey, why, why do you care so much? I find that a strange question. Uh, well, number one, I'm human. I believe all of us are created in the image of God. We all have value and worth. I, I care because I care. And secondly, it affects me. It affects me greatly. You, you said that as that drug problem perpetuates, and I've seen this in small towns, I work all over the state. I work all over the country, but it's, you see these, these people begin to like you said, have four or five, six children. I see this in the foster care system. Well, a lot of those kids that are in the foster care system are coming from these broken people and they continue to perpetuate and it begins to impact your community in, in very profound ways, negatively impact your community in very profound ways. Fatherlessness begets fatherlessness. Drug abuse begets drug abuse. It, it just happens. And this stuff begins to perpetuate. Well, it does start touching your community. You just ask some of these large cities, how they're feeling about the drug problems, how they're feeling about the crime problems. Uh, these things are real, and it starts to really hurt the entire community. 
And when businesses are having to shut down, when businesses are having to put bars on the doors and, and, and shut down before the sun, go, this is not healthy societally. And, and for us to pretend like it's just, well, you know, it's just part of doing business. Well, no, it, it used to not be that way. There was a time in which that was never accepted as status quo. It wasn't accepted as the norm. And over these, man, particularly these last 30 years or 40 years or so, uh, really the 90s, the 2000s, and it's just something has shifted dramatically in people's brains. And, and we've just come to accept it with equanimity. And I, I just don't, I refuse to number one, I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a citizen in this society, in this community. I care. And I, you know what, I'm going to go down swinging and I hope a lot of people come down with me uh, sw swinging at this problem, but the investment in the next generation, I, I think that's a really unique conversation to have because you're right. When we look at all of the issues, when we look at all the problems, we're always talking about me, 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 me. And <clears throat> there are very few people that are talking about how does this affect the children and how does this affect 30 years from now? Okay. What is, what are, what are the decisions I'm making now as a man? If I'm going to bounce on my wife or if my wife's going to bounce on me and we're just going to destroy the family, rip things apart, we're going to fight over custody. We're going to do all these things. We're going to rip each other apart financially. Did anybody just stop for five seconds and say, man, I wonder how that's going to impact my eight-year-old. I wonder how she's going to view marriage, how she's going to view community, how she's going to view loving someone and bringing children into this world. Like, that's the part that, like, infuriates me. That's the part that I really push hard on adults to say, man, think for five seconds about other people other than yourself. And then maybe we can make some progress and it starts in your home. Like I'm not, I'm not the guy that's like preaching at everybody. I, I am fighting in my home to have a great home, to have great children. I'm, I'm educated. We homeschool our kids. We are all in on our family. We're all in on the next generation. And then outside of that, I, I want to spread wisdom and my failures, my successes and share that with other people. But I definitely don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> so, it, so it has to start in the home and then let it, let it filter out from there. So, but anyway, it is a problem and it affects all of us. Our podcast today is sponsored by The Wellness Company. Did you know that nearly 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced overseas? That's an alarming statistic. If you don't have an emergency kit on hand, it's time to get prepared. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications that every single American should keep in stock. It comes with a 22-page instruction guide on safe medical use for everything from snake bites to COVID to bioterror events. Another stellar product from The Wellness Company is Spike Support. Whether you got vaxxed or not, the virus is still among us in some capacity, as well as the related spike protein. Spike protein can cause brain fog, tissue damage, blood clots, and more. Spike support is a detoxification powerhouse that aims to strengthen the body's natural immunity and flush out spike protein, so you can get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Get both of these products by going to twc.health forward slash Zuby and get 15% off with the discount code Zuby. That's twc.health forward slash Zuby and use discount code Zuby to get 15% off. Disclosure, the medical emergency kit is only available to U.S. residents. It really does. Dude, you've talked about, we're, we're going to have a great conversation right here because, <laughs> man, you've said so many things that I want to get into. Um, you know, the first thing is, I, you know, I put out a, I put out a tweet on X. I still call them tweets. I'm going to keep calling okay. them tweets. Okay. I put out a post, um, not long ago. It's, it went viral. I, I said something about, um, apathy being far more dangerous than outright evil. Hmm. And yeah. this is, this is what we're talking about here. Just this, one of the most common things I see in here is 
the this idea that you shouldn't care about things that don't directly and immediately affect you. Oh, why do you care about that? What effect does it have on your life? Oh, why do you care about that? It doesn't affect. It's such a stupid thing to say, right? Someone getting murdered, you know, down the street doesn't directly impact my life, but of course I freaking care about it, yeah. right? Like the idea that you're not meant to care about anything unless it directly and yeah. immediately impacts you is actually one of the most asinine ideas I hear often even repeated by quite intelligent people. Yeah. And I'm like, again, like you said, think for five seconds, bro. Yeah. What do you mean? Like you shouldn't care about anything by that definition. None of us should care about almost anything. We should all be completely apathetic. Oh, someone gets beaten down in the street. Oh, at least it wasn't me. Yeah. Oh, like this thing happens. Oh, well, at least this, it's not me. It didn't affect me. It's such a, it's such a silly worldview. And it shows this individual going from individualism into extreme selfishness and, and extreme solipsism yes and, and you see it in all these conversations no one talking about the children no one talking about the wider communal impact on their decisions another thing i've I, i've had multiple again I, i've had these conversations in real life but also online where i see people say things you know say on the subject of marriage hmm. right and people say i don't see any reason why someone should uh, stay in a relationship if, the, if they're not happy or why they should. And again, there, there could be kids, there could be children in the picture. Well, there's actually the vows, there's what marriage is supposed to be and so on. And yeah. I'll tell you what, Rob, you, you touched on something. And this is that I don't think people realize how contagious this stuff is yeah, and how much it affects other people. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'll be very, very honest with you, Rob. I'll be very honest with you. I, people know I'm a more conservative guy. Um, people know my, my faith. I'm, I, I'm a Christian an imperfect one, but I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, people know that I was, my parents have been together almost 50 years. I'm raised in a very solid family, lots of solid relationships. So I'm 37 people like Zuby, why are you not married? Hmm. Why aren't you married? And I'm like, bro, I will get married, but this thing is a minefield. Uh, I can like, only this is, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm like this. I'm like, this is scary. And I'll, I, I will say this openly, but I know so many men my age or my age or a little bit older or a little bit younger, generally successful guys, people who are doing well. And just because of the way the system is and the society yeah. is and culture is and people's own attitudes and the laws and everything, there are guys out there just literally looking at the numbers being like, bro. This is like what this is not Lots a good deal. Like, <laughs> yes, it's very stacked against you, right? You have the actual statistics, like we talked yeah. about, but then you also have anecdotes. You have guys who like they're like, Man, well, my dad got divorced and my friends get I got divorced, yeah. and like this super like all these celebrities are getting divorced and this and this, and then you've got women coming out there posting videos talking about how happy they are to be divorced and how you know, you know what, girl, if if your husband isn't doing this and this and this for you, you know, don't be afraid to just leave get him out. and this like like and, and then you look at it and it's got like a hundred thousand likes. Yeah. And you're just like, Yeah. Ooh, like is this is you know, because you you can very much believe in the in the ideal and yeah. be like, look, this is what I want. This is what I aspire to. And I know this is still possible. I'm not in the sort of black pill mindset of like, oh, all these marriages. You know, I, I'm like, no, yeah. no, I'm surrounded by successful marriages. But it's just like, man, it's it, it's it's not it's not 1923 now. It's like, right. like it's not 1953. It's like, man, you got to be if you're going to do this thing, you have to be very, very careful and Absolutely. thoughtful about it. I mean, I think I, I'm sure you probably know you. 
I don't know how much you think about this, but you you probably dodged Wait a massive. I, I think I do no, but I was gonna say I think you I think you dodged a massive bullet, right? Because you've been I with think. your wife since you guys were teenagers. Yep. Yeah, so I think it's, it's a big deal, yeah, <laughs> dude. There's a lot of people who don't know. I any look, I'm gonna say it straight. If someone has been married for, I would say, over seven years, we could push it to a decade. Yeah. If you've been married for the last like ten years plus, you probably have a very poor understanding of like how bad it is out there. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's it's like and, and look, I I've got I've got a wonderful girlfriend. Like I'm I'm all good. But um it is man, the the, the what people are dealing with out there, people want to criticize Gen Z and millennials and this and this. And I'm just like, bro, I hear you, but you you don't, you know, I'm I'm like, dude, it's not it's not 1990, it's not nope. 1980, it's not 1970, like even just the technology and then the way the culture has swayed and this and this, it's like, it's not a good time to be someone who is, if you are like single and you're more yep. traditional minded and you're more marriage minded and you're growing up in this country and this culture and this milieu of whether it's Tinder and OnlyFans and, you know, marriage is just a piece of paper and godlessness and just all of this stuff and all the celebrities are getting I don't know how many marriages they're having and how many divorces they're having. And it's just, it's just normalized. It's just, yeah. it's just like, this is the norm. This is people's view and it's tragic. And yeah. I, I think people don't um, often think that it affects not just, it doesn't just affect the people who are the sort of direct uh, victims or descendants yeah. of the brokenness, but even those of us who come from very stable families and you know have seen have seen it work and whatever you're still going into a very different world than the yeah. world that your parents got married in um and you're like geez okay i've got to be i've got to be very I've, i need to think about this very very carefully yeah. it can't just be as simple as you know what i really like i love this girl like i like her. okay cool like let's let's do this i mean yeah you can try that but sadly it's 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 too much of a roll of a dice now and just to bring this home, I've had many discussions on this. I've been on a lot of, you know, like red pill podcasts and, you know, I, I, I speak to everybody Yeah, and it makes me sad to say this, but I think that if you are, if you are a, if you're a young man who's successful and not on the, or, or is likely to be in the future, if you do not have any type of religious conviction mm. and, or you're not really interested in having children, I don't think marriage is a good idea. And it makes me kind of sad to say that. I wish I could. It's a little bit like how, how my view on university has changed, right? Like, I wish I could just tell everyone, yeah, everyone just go to university. Like, it's a great idea. But it's like the math has changed so much in the past 20 years yeah. that I'm like, look, if you're, a, you know, if you're a devout Christian or you're a devout Muslim or you're a devout Jew or whatever, and, you know, and your spouse is on the same page, absolutely, right? Marriage is a great idea. If yeah. you're someone who's coming from like a more secular perspective, especially if you're not even sure about like if you want to have kids i'm like man i don't know why you'd get married because then it seems like you're just taking all the risk and i don't really know what what reward or benefit someone is getting out of it um and it does make me sad to have to kind of reach that honest conclusion yeah um but i just think that's where we are right now and as long as the sort of laws and society and culture remain as they are you're gonna have more and more people rationally, not just emotionally, but rationally coming to the conclusion that, okay, I shouldn't do this. Or if I'm going to do it, let me push it back 10, 15, 
20 yeah. years um, and get all these other things in line first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to pretend like that's not a real thing. <laughs> I, I think when you start bringing nuance in like that, people lose their minds like, oh, no, don't don't say that, Zuby. Uh, but it's true. Yeah, pe people don't want me to. Sorry, oh. sorry to jump in, but people don't want me to. I've had a lot of, um, you know, even conservatives, people more on my side, like get upset at me for talking yeah. about these things. And I'm like, dude, this is the reality of it. Like I'm, I'm with you in terms of the ideal. Yeah. I'm very yeah. much with you. I'm just saying this is, this is what people are now dealing yeah. with. God, God forbid we, we talk honestly about, about things. So, but it, it's true. And I, and I work with a lot of people in that age range from that late twenties to early thirties. I, I work with a lot of business owners. I work with a lot of employees of business owners in some of the training mechanisms that we employ for our, for our products. So I, I get these, I hear these conversations all the time. It, it is like a foreign language to me and I'm not, I'm pretty technologically advanced dude for my age. I'm, I'm at that top end of millennialism. I'm 1981 was when I was born. Uh, so I, I, I can, I'm, I'm adaptable. However, this whole dating scene, this whole world is so unreal to me. It doesn't seem real. It seems very, my wife and I laugh about this constantly. We'll, we'll run through things and we're like, holy crap, if you die, I'm screwed. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a relatively successful dude. I've, I've done some great things. I keep my body in great shape. I don't, I'm not interested, man. I'm not interested in what's happening out there, but on the flip side, I'm also raising children that are about to step into this. And so I'm working this strange balance of having a strong marriage, you know, loving the fact that we're, man, we're, we're in the middle of our, our, our roles and our life together as husband and wife and as, as mother and father to our children. And we're living, you know, we've gotten to a place where we've purchased things that we want to live on for the rest of our lives. We, we we're outdoors, we hunt, we fish. It's just a different world that I live in from, from so many people, but my children are about to enter that world. And so I'm, that's why I'm engaged on the X platform. That's why I'm talking about these things because, okay, I'm trying to build a repertoire, build a, you know, just a, a litany of, of things that my children can have a legacy that I'm building for them to pass down to them. But Brother, this stuff is wild. Some of the videos I've seen on the the platform that come through these podcasts, some of the stuff you've been on, the, the conversations you've had, I I literally I I, just, I shut my computer and I start praying. I'm like, Lord God, help us, because <laughs> yeah. this stuff is crazy. But somehow I've got to I've got to bring. And granted, my situation, it, albeit anecdotal, uh, I, I still want to bring that encouragement right to people. It's like, okay, it is possible. Yes. I met my wife prior to social media, <laughs> This is, which is a miracle in and of itself. Yes. We didn't have cell phones until we were later into college. Didn't even know, didn't even know what a cell phone was. My dad had those bag phones in his car for his business, but we were completely engaged relationally in the nineties. You had to be uh, and which kind of freaks me out as a parent now. Cause <clears throat> at 16, I just leave and we had no ways of means of communication with our parents. You know, I'm going to the lake to hang out with my buddies. I'll see you tonight. Like that's it. No communication, no text messaging. So we're in a very unique time. And so I, I don't really know the answer to that question. I do want to always encourage uh, marriage because I'm, again, I'm like you, I'm a Christian man. I'm, I, I love, I love the traditions of marriage. I love what the family unit can bring to people. And I get it. People make arguments that, Hey, if we have a loving relationship, maybe we're not married. Dad's involved. Mom's involved. Listen, statistically, you have to admit when the dad's involved and the mom's involved, the kids do better. And I understand that, you know, from a religious perspective, we want people to be married in those, in those dynamics. But I, I also care a lot that the dad, if they're not married, I want the dad involved. 
And so I'm always encouraging men to do those things, but relationally, brother, I, I, I can only give advice from my, from my experiences, but they're not your experiences. Cause I've, I've never had to do that. And I'm telling you, man, I'm, I, I really feel for you because it, it feels very difficult. So, yeah. well, don't, don't feel for me. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but yeah, I, I, I'm okay. But, um, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of guys and gals are out there are, it's tough to navigate. It really yeah. is tough to navigate. Do you think the laws need to change? You know, I, I talked to a guy last week about that. I'm not a big top down guy, but the problem is, is we have top down, top down policies that have hurt us. And so we got to get rid of those, some of those policies, you know, when you, when you're incentivizing single motherhood, for instance, in the U S that's a problem. When you're incentivizing the father being away from the home, that's a problem. Uh, you disincentivize nuclear families. Like if you're going to incentivize anything in a society, that's what you should incentivize. And, and some of the tax laws that we've had, you know, people and people complained about this when you, when you're giving married couples tax breaks, that's incentivizing the nuclear family. That's actually incentivizing flourishing in a family. And so from a top-down perspective, yes, we've got problems in the court system. Yes, we have problems as it relates to social assistance that are perpetuating these crises. And so that's why I hope, you know, politicians like a Vivek would come in and say, yeah, th these things are problems. I I'm not big on policy coming in to like affect that. I'm, I'm big on removing those policies and actually maybe incentivizing a little bit the nuclear family. It's hard, man, because mm -hmm. if you're a libertarian, you don't want any of that. You know, if, if you're more conservative, sure, you, you can you can get into some of these policies, but we do have policies that are problematic and nobody wants to talk about that. If you're if you're incentivizing single motherhood, mm -hmm. this is this is a problem and that needs to go away Absolutely. immediately. And I get it. I think there's a lot of well-meaning intentions when that stuff began. It's like, OK, if there's someone struggling, you want to help them. I understand that. And, and churches and communities and, and people of faith should come around these families and help them. But when the government starts getting involved and you get in these mass incentivization programs that are perpetuating the problem further, and now you've got people like, oh, if I have three or four more kids, I get X, Y, Z and cash. Let's mm -hmm. do it. Oh, DHS will just come get them anyway. Uh, you would believe some of the conversations I have had with grown people that have their children in DHS and they don't give two craps about it. They don't care. Can you, uh, can you explain what DHS is? Cause not uh, everyone's American. Uh, excuse me, department of human services. And so DHS will come in and, you know, remove children from home, from homes that are dangerous to children. And, and for the most part, you know, that's usually drug induced problems that these parents get involved in. They don't pay their bills. Bugs start getting in the home, electric bills turned off, no running water. Okay. You got to remove, remove the children from the home. So foster care, which is a government program that I'm in, that I'm in, my family's involved in. You sign up for foster care, take 25 hours of training. You do continuing education. You begin to bring those children into your home. That's scary to a lot of people because these children come from broken homes, but it, 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 they're, <laughs> you have to find ways to serve. And, and so my family, I want to serve. We want to serve the communities and the least of these. And you got to find strategic ways because if you don't step in, who will? And I'll tell you, I get from some of those red pill dudes, well, oh, you're trying to raise another man's child. I'm like, dude, and I don't want to cuss on your podcast, but it makes me want to cuss because I'm just like, brother, then what's your solution? Like your idea is what? Okay, we've got this problem and there's all these yeah. children that need help. Uh, please inform me of how you're going to make our society better. Oh, crickets. Okay. Move on. Get out of my face uh, because you literally have no good ideas. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, this, this, this is an issue when you incentivize these structures and, and good grief, we're starting to incentivize, incentivize drug use. Yes. So further perpetuating kids being removed from the home. There's over 400,000 kids in the foster care system in the United States, 440 something thousand children. That's unbelievable. That that's, that's so many people. And that those kids are going to be in our communities. They'll age out of the system and then they'll go out. Most of them don't get jobs. Most of them stay on government assistance. And most of them start having children and doing the exact same thing. And here in 10 years, you and I will have a conversation. It'll be 800, 900, a million kids in the system. And so we have to do something about that. So policy is, is one way. Grassroots, obviously, we're, we're independent thinking type men. We're all about taking personal responsibility. That is extremely helpful when you start preaching that to men, especially young men that are having children. But yeah, I think some of those incentive structures need to be removed. Yeah, absolutely. Long after I, I, no, way. dude, it's, it's totally fine. I mean, I also think that I think no fault divorce is yeah. a travesty. I don't, I don't absolutely. think it should exist. Do you know, do you know what? I, I've been thinking about this issue quite a bit over the last six months to one year. And I, I'm increasingly thinking that there should be two types of marriage. Hmm. I think there should be what you could call traditional or religious marriage. Hmm. And I think you might not even need to be religious to do that. But this is taking the vow seriously. Yeah. Well, till death do us apart for richer, for, for poorer. Um, we will be faithful and exclusive to each other. Yep. This is a lifelong thing. Look, there are maybe, you know, abuse, infidelity, um, you know, maybe, maybe just those two, maybe, you know, two, two or three caveats where, okay, you know, the contract that, you know, if you violate the vows, yep. this can be, you know, then a divorce may take place, right? What you'd call like a traditional marriage. I think yep. I, I'm increasingly starting to think that that should be like one option and then you can have the 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 secular what what we have right now you then you yeah. then you have the secular no fault divorce option where it's you know until one of us gets bored or until one of us finds someone sexier or one of us is quote unquote unhappy right. or for whatever whatever flipping finding reason I'm finding yes ex yeah. exactly I see all these goofy reasons that people are getting divorced and whatever usually initiated by the women to be honest and mm -hmm. it's an ab absolute travesty for everyone involved but. I, I'm thinking that there should, I don't even know how this would be done, but I, I think like there should be two options. I think there should be the option for the people. Because if your view on marriage is the first, which is my view, mm. I don't want to operate in a system where yeah. the the laws and the society and the culture is, is based on that latter yeah. model. Because even though I'm not subscribing to that, it still, it still affects people who believe in the traditional version. So I'm increasingly just thinking like, Man, these things shouldn't even be called the same thing. Maybe one is called marriage and one is called civil union. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Like and it's like, okay. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and and you you know what? Two people, you know, man and man, man and woman, woman and woman, whatever. You want to just like take this secular path. Yeah. And this doesn't mean this doesn't mean that you know you're you're gonna get divorced or whatever, but it's just like, okay, you're agreeing to if one of us is no yeah. longer happy with the situation, you know, you we can walk away from the contract, and then you've got like the real sort of traditional marriage that that's what I kind of think is like a bifurcated, a mm. bifurcated solution. Cause if I just go out there, I'm telling people, you're like, we need to just get rid of no fault divorce. You know, you get massive pushback and there's this, and oh, yeah. why should someone stay married to someone who's the outliers, right? The outliers. So yeah. what, what, what about abuse? Well, that's not a, that's a fault, right? That's not a no yes. fault divorce. Okay. E exactly. I'm not the same thing here. 
Yes, exactly. Because um, I think when you say that, some people are like, oh, so Zuby, are you saying there's literally no reason whatsoever ever that right. like it's ever valid for people to get divorced? I'm like, I didn't say that. Like, again, if you, vi if you violate your, your vows. basic commitments in your vows and you think that that's the, that doesn't even mean you must get divorced. But if it's like, OK, yeah. if that is the best option, then that's fine. But I yeah. just think so many problems I think we have, Rob, is we're, we're sort of trying to straddle the traditional the traditional and christian rooted world and like the secular progressive world yeah right this is a big problem and i think this is a valid point that a lot of the you know so-called red pill guys bring oh, up yeah. right which is that you're we're, we're we're living in this funny situation where it's like so many you know so you got tons of you know men and families going through these going through these divorces where there's essentially been a, an incentive for the whole structure yep. to be broken up. And then they're being financially punished. They're being socially punished, losing custody of children. Yes. All of this kind of stuff is going on. And then you have things like alimony, right? Almost all alimony is paid by men. And the whole point of something like alimony is this is going back to days where, you know, women, women were not working and yeah. earning their own money and so on. And so if a man left a woman or something happened, then, you know, her and her children could be destitute. So, okay, we need the men. So, so the laws are still the the laws are sort of straddled between this very sort of yep. traditional traditional way of okay you know the man is the breadwinner and the man must you know provide and this and so yep. on in the event of well, there's, and there's then reasons also the, there was yeah reasons and then but times yes, change in, in exactly <laughs> this is this is my point this is why I'm thinking there should be two yeah this is why I think there should be the two options I think it should be like look you've got traditionalists there's still millions and millions and millions of billions of people out there who yep. get what marriage is supposed to be. They're more traditional, more, you know, socially conservative in that sense. And this is what they want. Cool. You've got this. And then you have all these other people who are, I don't know, maybe they want to get married because, you know, they want to take cool photos. Or they want to have a wedding. Right? They care about the wedding, not the marriage. They want to have some, they want to show off. It's true, though. Look at all these celebrity weddings. It's real. Look at all yeah. these celebrity, like, do they really, are these people really going to the altar and making a life? No, they're not. Because two months later, sometimes it doesn't even last one year. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. How, how, how are you not even like making it to a year? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it frustrates me, but it also, it, it also freaks me out because I see the impact yeah. it's having. Yeah. No, it's, it's accountability. We don't want accountability for our actions, for our decisions. It, 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 it permeates every aspect of our culture. No accountability. That's what I like to call it. No accountability divorce. We're, we're not accountable to anything. Oh, you do this. No accountability. I'm out. You know, who cares? Who, oh, you said X, Y, Z. Well, who cares? Nobody cares. It doesn't really matter. That's it's such a mental breakdown. It's, it's so low IQ. It, it's there's no values. There's no moral fortitude. Like, where's your conviction, man? Like, where's your fight for the next? Again, stop thinking about yourself only. Yes. Think about yourself. Yes, take care of yourself. But if you are not thinking about what's going to happen to your country or your society or your culture in the next 80 to 100 years, what are you doing? Like, like we're, we're wired as human beings to be thinking about long-term, like even the ancient Proverbs in the Old Testament, man, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. There, there's something about this legacy building mindset that we've totally lost and you're right. It's silly. You know, there's always outliers. Yes, I get it. There's extreme cases in, in the no, no fault divorce uh, scenario, but the vast majority of people are just selfish. You're, you're selfish. You don't want to yep. fight for it, right? You, yep. Okay. I don't like my wife on Tuesday. Uh, man, I really don't <laughs> like the way this feels. Uh, and I started searching my soul. 
And I've just realized that I want X, Y. No, you're, you're, you're just pathetic. You need to step outside of yourself and, and stop being so ridiculous and start fighting for something worth fighting for. And I, I, I do, man, I, I get really frustrated with it, but I also get it. I, there are empathetic sides to me as well. There are scenarios. There are outliers of people that have been screwed royally by the system and, and they have oh, yeah. whole Twitter platforms because of oh, yes. their experience. Uh, and I, I totally, totally understand that. However, but we've got to have more nuanced conversations about these things. We can't, we yeah. can't just be like, no, well, that's yes. not a solution because look, look again, I, yes, common sense will tell you this, but the statistics are very damning when we begin to go down this path and stay on this path. It's unhealthy. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. Marriage was defined biblically. We understand that it was in the Bible. Yeah. This term is means something. It's got to mean something. And, and we've gotten into a culture again, where words just don't have any meaning. Mm-hmm. And so if you call something marriage, that's not marriage. Well, it's not marriage. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not. And we have to be very clear in our, our, our terms and our definitions. And you know this better than anybody and stuff you've engaged with on Twitter. The yeah. terms matter and they don't want them to matter. They want everything to just have no meaning. They, they really do. It's and and I, I, I increase this is again, this is why I think I think there should be the two options. Yeah, I think there should be the two options, because if you change the definition of marriage mm. is in the way that society and the law understands it, then I, I've had some people push back on me on this because they're like, oh, well, you know, you can still have a traditional marriage in this thing and so on. I'm like, you can, but you've poisoned it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You, you've, you've poisoned it because then it, the meaning of it is different in different people's minds. Yeah. If marriage to this person means a lifelong, faithful, monogamous commitment till death do us apart. Yeah. And to the other person, it means um, a piece of paper, which, you know, if I'm not happy or if, you know, you annoy me or I'd, what, what, whatever, literally anything, right? Anything, I can just kind of walk away from this. Then, then that's a problem. Right. That, that's a problem because even the people who want the traditional thing are then put off by it because they're like, well, I the same laws, the same everything is is if, if, if all that is going to apply to me, then I don't want to enter into that rationally yeah. because of X, Y and Z. Or if I'm going to, I need to be like very, very cautious with it. And then this is when you get into the conversations around prenups and this and this like i'm look that's another thing i've changed my mind on Mm. from an idealistic perspective i do not like the idea of prenuptial agreements from from a i'm not an emotional guy but yeah from 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 the emotional standpoint and from the religious standpoint and from how i understand marriage i'm like i don't i don't like that idea Mm. but increasingly due to all of these things that we've talked about i'm like man um, yep. you know, that's like insurance essentially. Yep. Like if, if you're going into this thing and they're like, okay, look, you know, statistically speaking, you know, in the general population, there's a 40 to 50% chance like this might yep. not, then I'm like, uh, okay, maybe yep. that's a, maybe that's a good idea. Like the, the goal shouldn't obviously not be like, you're going into this with like the idea of like there being an exit or the idea that this is ever going to be need. But that's why, that's why I've started to frame it in my, my brain, kind of like insurance. Yeah. Right. You're not getting insurance thinking like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to have a crash or I'm going to lose something or something is going to go wrong. It's just like, okay, this is wise to have just, you know, just in case this this. 
yeah, yeah, it's a it, it, that's foreign to me, right? Because that's not yeah. that's not the environment I've been in. And but I also understand the arguments. For this it. is the thing, dude. It's not it's not mine either. Yeah, it's not mine either. But as I have these thousands and yeah. thousands, as I have these thousands of conversations with people and connect with millions, and I'm just seeing how it's shifting and changing, yeah. I'm like, man, we are living in a very brave new world out here. Yeah. And well, um, think about the again, if you're thinking about the next generation, if you're thinking about wealth and and, and generational wealth and things to that nature, I, I get that conversation. It's like, okay, man, we're we're coming together, we're building. You know, I'm building in this and you're building in that and we're trying to start a family. We have to protect our family line. We have to protect that future. And, and prenuptial agreements may be centered around that. I, I could see like, man, let's ensure like a, a last will and testament type yes. deal that our children, if we have any or if we're having some, are, are protected. And I think, you know, and, and then remarriage, I get prenuptial agreements and remarriage. Mm -hmm. You've got, especially if you've like my dad, you know, 40 years married to my mom, all these children, and then he's going to get remarried to a woman that has grown children. Well, she has needs and wants and, and children, and he's been building his whole, like, he's got to work through all that. You know, how am I going to enter this marriage uh, faithfully without, you know, I mean, that's, those are hard conversations to have, especially to have with your partner, your spouse. I hate the word partner. I can't believe I yes. used that. <laughs> uh, forgive me for even that word coming out. Of my mouth. I hate it. Uh, your future spouse. And, and so that's an awkward conversation. But I yeah. think if you start framing it generationally, you start having like, again, get up a little higher, get outside of ourselves. How are we going to ensure our success in the future? More long-term planning, I think, keeps relationships healthy. Uh, my wife and I have tons of long-term planning conversations. We're, we're so not thinking about, oh, this is going to break up in, in the next week or two. We're, we're already 50 years down the road. As you what should we're be. building, right. Like, we're already thinking, okay, man, I hope our children want to be on this part of our land and build a house over here. And we're, we're putting that little birdie in our kids' ears. Like, hey, imagine yeah. the four-wheelers coming to the house and all the grandkids and, and Mom and dad will pay for it. We'll take care of it. If you bid on the land, I'll buy your house. If you get on the land, I won't buy your house. If you go outside of the land, you know, we're just, we're having fun incentives. with it. Incentives people. Oh yeah. This is, this <laughs> is the kind of incentive structure I'm all for. That's the kind of government I'm for the family government. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I it, brother, it's, it's a hard conversation and, and you're right to be thinking about, I mean, cause you are older, you're, you're in your mid thirties. You've been building, you've built something very special yeah. and, and God has blessed that. And God has given you a lot of favor in that. Well, it's, it's, it would not be, it would be not, it wouldn't be normal if you didn't care about that and wanted to protect mm -hmm. that uh, for your future generations, because you do want to have children down the road. Well, you want to pass that on to them. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's, those are deep conversations that you have to have with your spouse, your future spouse. Those are conversations I have with your brotherhood too. And, and just really dive into that. How do I approach this? Because it's a hard world, man. This, this world is different. And you have to be strategic and wise. Be wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove, as as the scriptures would say. <laughs> so, Amen, Rob. Man, we could uh, we could go on for a while. I'd definitely like to have you on the podcast again sometime in the future. Um, but where can people find and follow you online? I'm on one platform, man. I'm on the X platform. It's at Coach Rob Wood, and that's where you can find me. Uh, I interact with as many people as I can on there, things are, are moving and shaking and I'm interacting with more and more people. I'm excited. It's a neat platform to be on right now. And I'm thankful for it. Awesome, Rob. Thanks for coming on the real talk with Zuby podcast, man. I appreciate Thanks, it. Zuby. See you. Bye-bye.
with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. 